once again, thanks for spending some time with us here on Leading Edge this week. Coming up, why is there such a push once again to find referees here in the state of Ohio? And we continue to look back and look forward at Toledo's 20 under 40 celebration, this time with a recipient from 2006. What do they think? What, what did they think about the win then? And what have they done with that win since that time? We'll get into that. By the way, I'm Jeff Smith. I'm your host for this week. Glad to have you with us. This week, the pause came to a stop. You could say the house is calling on the loan for millions of student loans once again. So now that so many have reached this point, what do they do now? And that's one of the discussions we wanted to have. We thought it was important to open that discussion because it affects so many of you out there and maybe your family members. Master Accountant Daniel Jones from Buckeye Tax and Accounting joining us here on Leading Edge. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. We no appreciate it. I, I thought it was important to kind of dive into this conversation. And then, Daniel, you and I had a phone conversation earlier in the week, and then $9 billion gets dropped again by the federal government. Uh, the Biden administration says, okay, we're, we're making this, even though we haven't got this push through all the way we're going to put this money forth a little bit what type of mess are we in right now you know they're they're forecasting that the economy is just going to crumble or go downhill in because the fourth quarter of this. because of this because of this why is that um you know people have gotten used to living on a paycheck and now you're talking about adding an extra bill and if you haven't done the right planning towards this and the right budgeting towards this, it could be an extra car payment or an extra rent payment even. Is this something that maybe some of those who got this little pause, this little break, this little, hey, we'll go, we'll go easy on you. Do you think there was part of the back of their mind, and I know this is hypothetical, but the back of their mind they thought, eh, we're never going to have to pay for school. Well, I think everybody kept pushing that they were going to get this forgiveness and that it was gonna come right away. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that you've learned if you've been around for a while, you can't plan on anything but paying it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think forgiveness is gonna be something they're gonna to continue to talk about. Is it gonna be completely forgiven? I don't think so, not right away. Um, but I think it's something they're going to push for in the near future. And, you know, they're, they're making it part of the agenda. Let's put this in, in real world terms, mm -hmm. because you and I, when we were on the phone, I said, wow, I didn't realize that you you brought up you. You had a family member who mm -hmm. you said this is a real world situation. I think he's dealing with. So there there's you know, the, the big thing was during the pandemic, there was a change with the tax forms. And so there was a change with withholding forms that controls the amount of taxes that come out of your paycheck. And so what we've seen is a lot of people that you know are in their 20s even, I've, I've had so many of them in their 20s this year that have had balanced dues mm -hmm. because of mistakes they've made with their paycheck. Just talked with my brother the other day down in Georgia and he called me up and said, hey, I wanna make sure I filled out my tax forms right. And I said to him, well, you did check the box that says you worked multiple jobs. And he says, no, I only got one job. I said, but how many jobs have you worked this year? I've worked two. Mm. You've worked multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. Had he left that box unchecked, he would have been in trouble at tax time. And so, you know, th that's what controls the money coming in, which controls the budget that you need to pay these student loans. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're, you're struggling to make that ends meet, your paycheck's wrong. And your employer's not going to help you fix your paycheck. Mm. You know, they're just there to give you that check. They're not going to tell you how to maximize your savings in there. You know, it's amazing the money-related issues we have had just in the last week alone. And we talked about uh, we've got auto workers who, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're striking right mm -hmm. now against the big three. And we talked about the $500 a week they're getting in strike pay mm -hmm. and obviously a huge kick in the teeth as far as right. their family budget is concerned. This 
as well. Yes. A huge kick in the teeth because, as you said, a new bill. So in your expert advice, how do you get along? How do you get through this period? The best thing to do is just to budget. You know, it, it, it comes down to just putting your income and your expenses down on paper. Are you able to kind of meld the payment? Or, or is it going to be something where it's just, no, this is what you owe us, and it's not going to be all in no. one fell swoop. But, but you said to me, there's going to be interest tacked on this as well. Absolutely, absolutely. But the government does have programs around. Uh, for instance, the one thing they are pushing is this IDR plan or this income-driven plan. Um, believe it or not, you know, you can take that payment from $350. You might even, if your income's low enough, you might even qualify for a $0 payment. But the problem is they've changed lenders. Mm -hmm. I remember back in the day, all the student loan stuff used to come in the mail. Now it comes into email. But we get so much spam email that you don't even realize that things have happened. My loan for my schooling uh, used to be handled by Great Lakes. Great Lakes is now out. Mm. They're not doing it no more, and another company called Nelnet took it over. Mm. I had no idea. I had to look back in my emails just to find out who it was was my service processor. You talk about email right there, and I did want to bring up something, because now with this pandemic-era pause on these payments, there are new warnings about potential scams yeah, out there. Nearly absolutely. 27 million borrowers with federal student loan debt totaling $1.1 trillion are now facing this repayment. Government agencies say scammers are targeting those borrowers. Scammers use robocalls. They use other methods, often asking for personal info or fees to provide a bogus service. Here's what one of those calls sounds like. Listen. Press one now to see if you are eligible to get your loans completely forgiven. This recent announcement could potentially eliminate 100% of your federal student debt. The FTC, Daniel, saying, hey, don't give out personal info. Don't trust anybody promising debt relief. You can manage your paperwork on the federal student aid website. Is that where you send people to, to kind of handle this stuff? And by the way, that call, pretty realistic. That, that call's really realistic. And I'll tell you what, I got one last week myself just on my cell phone demanding money. And I sat back and I hung up the phone and then called the person back that said that that's who they were. And they said, that's a scam. And then I did my research to find out that was a scam. Yeah. So, you know, and, and trust me, my heart was pounding. The and final thing I wanted to talk to you about today was politics. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that you and I in our conversation, you said, I think this is going to be a, a, a beach ball going back and forth between parties coming up in the election in 2024. I really, really do. I mean, this was something that Biden pushed for in the beginning. He didn't get it. We have a presidential election coming up next year. This is not the end of it. You know, the nine million that just dropped today, that's proof right there. They're not, he's even said he's not yeah. done yet. So I think nine in the billion. next year, yeah. it's gonna, uh, yeah, nine billion, yeah. excuse me. But I think they're gonna come back and they're gonna go even further yeah. with this. And, and they're going to dig for it, and they're going to go right up to the election day with this. Unfortunately, it's a story we are going to continue to see. Uh, yeah. uh, it's fluid, right? It's going to yeah. continue to be enveloping in uh, our, our everyday coverage. Daniel, thank you so no much. Problem. Good insight. We appreciate it. Leading Edge continues right after this. Welcome back. This week on social media, I had a post grab my attention. It was an ad for refs. Now, we've done stories over the years about the referee shortage in the state of Ohio and around the country for that matter, but it's something that apparently is not going away. Tonight, we are glad to have with us Bo Rugg from the Ohio High School Athletic Association. He's joining us 
via Zoom from Columbus. He is the head of officiating and sport management. Bo, thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Happy to be here, Jeff. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you right out of the gate. I, I remember when this shortage was kind of a new revelation, but this isn't new anymore. Why are we still seeing it? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. Um, you know, we're seeing it as a slow um, comeback, I think, from COVID. And then the other thing is, I think we're seeing it because we are still seeing a lot of uh, unrest and um, and poor behavior in the sport realm uh, as it relates to fans um, surrounding the events. I, so I, I was just going to ask that if that was what you were leading into. And as fate would have it, and I'm sure you know this, and it's probably the reason I was getting those notifications in my social media, but this week was actually Officials Appreciation Week, funny enough. It was. Um, the National Federation uh, and the National Association of Sports Officials have really done a nice job nationally in in trying to help states and uh, help organizations uh, with officiating, uh, with programs that can uh, help bring to light. The most things to bring to light really is that officials are people and they're out there serving the community and trying to, um, to officiate games. Bo, I, I've got friends, I've got associates, I've been in this business for over 25 years, and I, I've come into contact with a number of folks who, who do ref, who don't do it anymore, and those who say they would never, if they were to go back and try it again, would put themselves into this scenario. Now, those are just a few of the conversations. However, there are benefits to any job. What are the pitfalls? And I guess, can we dive more into why we are seeing the need for more refs? Is it attrition? Is it just those who have tired of the, I guess, the beatdown that they're taking when they show up at these games? All great questions. Yeah, there's, there's a combination of, of things that, uh, that play into this. You know, for the longest time, uh, we have had uh, an aging population in our officiating ranks. And so as that group has aged and they've started uh, to attrition out, um, they're kind of attritioning out at the same time. We're not getting as many coming in and having, uh, um, you know, a pandemic in the middle of that. And it kind of all snowballed into, wow, we're, we're really hurting. And it, it takes a while to backfill. You know, we, we're lucky that we have um, – more officials than we had last year in total that are OHSAA certified. But even though you have more um, and significantly more in some sports, it's they're not necessarily ready to take on some of those games you need them to take. And, uh, and that makes it very difficult uh, to get them up to speed fast. And then, uh, again, the, the biggest um, – uh, the worst time for an official, uh, if they're going to stay in officiating, is that first two or three years. Mm -hmm. And the combination of things that go into that is bad experience is number one. All the research that's been done, if it's a bad environment, bad experience, that's the number one reason they leave. Uh, 
Uh, and two, it's, it's certainly opportunities and opportunities to advance and um, and to do better games. So you, you've got to, uh, we can work on some of those areas, especially getting games and getting people uh, experience uh, at different levels than the varsity level, uh, than tournament level. And so those are the things we're really uh, working on on our end. Um, and then our executive director and, and uh, our really, um, our organization, our board is helping. We're really trying to work hard to um, to work on the environments around um, around the state. And we believe in the high school environment and in education-based athletics, we have the best environments, and we have better control over our environments. So um, that's what we're working very hard on. Let me let me ask you this. Are, are we to a point now where it's not so much of a, uh, I guess, a hurry up mode uh, to use a football offense re- reference? But uh, are we back to numbers? Are numbers better than they were? Are numbers still are we still in a rut? Are, are we still looking at that possibility where games around the state could be canceled? Um, yes and no. Numbers are better. But uh, in some sports, uh, they are not. So uh, if you have, it's, I think it's a lot easier sometimes to recruit in, in sports that people see all the time in the American culture, um, basketball and football. Uh, we're, we're really struggling in soccer. Um, we're struggling in lacrosse. Uh, and, and we need to really infuse more officials into that. And then, you know, when you look at our um, our total realm, mm-hmm. uh, volleyball is not where it we'd like it to be. Um, and part of that is there's a lot of volleyball being played, same as soccer. A lot of soccer being played around the state at different levels. And, um, you know, we have to kind of dive into why aren't they working high school versus they're working youth and Certainly, you go to the youth games and they're working a whole Saturday or a whole right. Sunday and doing a lot of games. So that that type of thing plays in it. So you may have more officials, um, but they they aren't working the levels you want them to work. Bo, I wanted to ask you in our remaining minute or so, I, I noticed there is an output called Ref Reps. And it's online. I, I've seen, I've watched stories about the training that goes on. Most of this is kind of an online schooling scenario that you go in, you learn how to ref. It may not be hands-on at first, but what are your thoughts about this? And is this kind of the answer to draw people back in? Yeah, we went um, totally into the ref reps as our class modules. And uh, we're one of the handful of states that requires a class before you can be certified. And so we started last year saying that we're doing all of our teaching online so we can get, people can get access to a class anytime, 365, 24-7. And uh, that has infused a lot of interest. So I'm not saying that there's not interest out there because we've got over 4,000 apps out there. So there's interest, but drawing them from that interest, viewing, getting the certification, and then getting them some experience and onto the court, field, diamond, pool, those types of things are, is now the, the biggest challenge.
Gotcha. Bo, I appreciate the insight. This has been a fantastic conversation. And once again, the name of that is Ref Reps. It's all one word. You can go check that online. Of course, ohsaa.org is the place for everything high school athletics around the state of Ohio. Bo, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Peace to you. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back for our final segment here on Leading Edge. Uh, in a couple of weeks, Toledo will once again pay tribute to those who go above and beyond the day-to-day, -day, and many of them are choosing to do it in the first part of their careers. 20 Under 40 has been an annual event since 1996, and tonight we look at the ceremony from 2006, and one of its recipients was none other than Toledo Mayor Wade Capsicavage. Mayor, good to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. I'm a little worried about the video that you might play. <laughs> we'll get to that in and, a moment. <laughs> uh, it could be a different version of myself. A little uh, bit. A probably little bit. with uh, uh, a little uh, a larger waistline and less of a hairline. Or, now. Or just the, <laughs> now, yes. Then, so. but anyway. I, I wanted to bring you on here because a couple of weeks ago we, we had Gretchen DeBacker, who was actually your chief of staff, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was a winner in 96. I looked ahead 10 years and I'm like, my goodness, there's Wade's name. Let's have him on. I just want to I want to focus on this event and kind of the it's kind of morphed into this award that looks at not only what people do in their daily lives, but what they do above and beyond the call of duty. What, what's your take on all of it? Well, I, I think it is, um, frankly, part of what makes Toledo special is that we recognize we're pretty good at um, Toledo has always felt to me when it's working well like a big family, mm. um, you know, just the right size, you know, just the right attitude and a togetherness. And I think we do a good job recognizing ourselves when things go well. And we, uh, we do a good job grieving when things go poorly. It, it, it's a wonderful community in that regard. And so when I think of 20 Under 40, I think of a community recognizing uh, a, a, a subset of the family, maybe younger members yeah. of the family, uh, but people who have accomplished and have the, and here's the other thing, have the potential to continue doing big right. things. So in other words, whether it's Gretchen or someone else in, uh, from my year, Mark Folk from the uh, Arts Commission or mm -hmm. others, it's not as though they stop making contributions to the community at the age of 39. Yeah. Um, these are individuals who have continued. Gretchen won her award when she was running Sufficient her coffee house. Right. Girls, but then she yeah. continued to make a difference and served in my administration. And there are so many stories so, about that. So we want to go to the video. We want to oh. go to the video of Lucas County Treasurer oh. Oh, Wade Caps of Cabbage Look right it. there I, that's, being sworn in. Oh. This is 05. That's hard So this is just before. Believe. What do you remember about winning? 20 under 40. Can we focus more on this video uh, here? <laughs> my wife, here's the thing. My wife looks exactly the same. She well, hasn't aged one bit. God love her. And I will see, I want to vote for that guy. <laughs> I, 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 he looks so earnest and so young and uh, so thin. Uh, and there's we a talk little more about, hair. We talk uh, about people who <laughs> won, win this award. But yeah. like you, just, you just touched on it. What they've done since. Yeah. So when you reflect, I hate to turn the mirror back on you, but, but when you reflect to why you won and what you've become. Well, my, my sense is, well, first of all, in terms of what I've become, I think that the video shows uh, what I've become. Um, no, I think what this award has done a good job doing is identifying, again, not just individuals who accomplished quite a bit at a young age. It certainly does that. 
but there must have been something in their resumes or in their CV or whatever it may have been in the early part of their life that showed the committee that they had the ability to do more. Mm. And so, sure, I, in that video, I was uh, being sworn in as county treasurer, and you know, I, I've been able to um, find other ways to serve the community, obviously now as mayor, but I'm just one of what is now hundreds of individuals who have been recognized by this organization over almost 30 years. Right. And each one of them in their own way have continued uh, to grow and continue to make a difference. And I, I, I think it comes through uh, the screening process. Yeah. I don't know it for sure, because I've never been on that side right. of the screening process, but and, there are too many examples of people who've continued to do well, well I, I, for me I, not to believe that. I have to kind of bang the gong on individuals who are here. Our own Chris Vickers, who's oh. St. Jude's ambassador for us here, and Ryan Weekman, who's also Wood County Plays, and, and is the spearhead behind that, who is yeah. being, uh, he, he could potentially win this year. You know, there, there's- we got, a, got 15 seconds. There's an old expression, my grandpa used to use it, that if a dog's gonna bite, he'll bite as a pup. And I think the point is here, if you distinguish yourself early, you're probably the sort of person, early in life, you're probably the sort of person who's gonna have a life and live a life uh, of success, and maybe that's what this award Proves. And potentially of service as well. That's right. Mayor, thank you. All right, thank you. It's good to, it's good to look back, right? Uh, and I, look forward. And it's it, better to look forward. <laughs> we'll be right back. Boy, we covered a lot of ground. So great to have our guests with us each and every week. And great to have you with us as well. If you missed any part of our conversation, check out the WTOL 11 YouTube page. I'm Jeff Smith. Have a great rest of your week.